I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. The Miracle of Creation, Part 6 How to Mindfully Steward This World Until Christ Comes Again Some of you remember singing the old praise song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Certainly, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and rested on the seventh. And ultimately, He changes the times and seasons in them, as we learn in Daniel 2.21. But as we reviewed in last week's episode, God charged Adam and Eve with the responsibility to exercise dominion over it, as recorded in Genesis 2. That responsibility, passed down through the ages, currently rests on you and I and eight billion or so others, whether they acknowledge it or are even mindful of it at all. Part of that dominion over the earth involves all of us being good stewards of the land, sea, and air in our universe. We are also to manage and care for its creatures. More importantly, we are to be good stewards of our fellow human beings and even develop and shepherd their souls with the help of the Holy Spirit. The definition of a steward is a person whose responsibility it is to take care of something. Stewards operate under the authority of a superior and take on the responsibility of caring for what does not belong to them under their supervision. A good steward will responsibly and diligently care for that which is entrusted to them. This responsibility can involve a certain level of sacrifice, be it small or large. As stewards of livestock, farmers may need to sacrifice sleep to awaken early and meet their herd's nutritional needs as the sun rises. As the parents of children, we may be called to do the same or, in higher stakes like in an emergency, risk our own lives to preserve theirs. Because stewards work for the owners of whatever is entrusted to them, and God rules and reigns over everything, undertaking stewardship responsibility means that we must also be continually mindful that we are working for God as we do so. We are reminded in Psalm 24, 1, of the fact that the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. A good steward, as we learn from the parable in Matthew 25, 13-30, is not only diligent, hard-working, but they are willing to take reasonable risks. Some examples of hard-working, risk-taking stewards in God's Word in the Bible include Noah and Moses. Noah served as God's steward as he built the boat and secured the animal and human population from the flood. Moses served God as he shepherded not only the people out of Israel, but also exercised responsibility as the provision from the plunder they took with them was distributed and used. Examples of poor stewards include Aaron, who fashioned a golden calf out of some of that plunder, as is written and recorded in Exodus 32. God gave Samson, a great warrior, tremendous power, but he sacrificed his God-given strength for an unholy alliance with Delilah. You can read more about that in Judges chapter 16. And then there's Judas Iscariot, who was entrusted with the disciples' provisional funds, yet helped himself to the treasury as he saw fit, and that's in John 12:6. Judas eventually betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, bearing out the literal fatal form of what it costs us when we sacrifice our scruples, and worship creation, and not the Creator. Indeed, waste is not part of God's divine order, 
and neither are culturally-based conclusions about using creation's resources. In John 12, 1-8, we read about Mary's anointing Jesus' body six days before the Passover. At a dinner given in his honor, Mary used a pound of expensive ointment to anoint his feet. Judas was quick to scold Mary for squandering money he declared should have been given to the poor. Though Judas's argument appeared to have validity, Jesus declared that this ointment was to be used for his burial. Jesus saw through Judas's thieving heart. And Jesus was the only one in the room who knew that soon he would be crucified. The primary reason that we are stewards and not supervisors is because God is God and we are not. Only the God of the universe knows and understands what is best for the natural world he created and for the people he made to inhabit it. When we steward all he's entrusted to us, we should keep his commandments in mind. We should pray for discernment for God to enlighten us when his ways appear contrary to what we think is best. Finally, we would do well to exercise the commandment Jesus gave us to love one another, as Jesus said, as he has loved us. When we consider that level of diligence, responsibility, and sacrifice, we know that the needs of God's people trump even the needs of our earth and the creatures inhabiting it. And as our broken world continues to deteriorate, we can trust in God's promise that he will create a new Jerusalem that will be perfect, sin and problem-free, and incorruptible into eternity. What a mighty God we serve. I'd like to read an excerpt from my second book, The Trap Door, and this is entitled Covert Gardening, Tools for Soil Improvement. Every good gardener knows his crop is not only going to be as good as the soil from which the delicious veggies or beautiful flowers spring, but as good as the soil itself. So the gardener takes care of his precious dirt, making sure he enhances it with robust fertilizer and other enrichments. He keeps it free of weeds that will rob his soil of valuable nutrients and crowd out the desired crop. He bolsters drooping plants with proper supports to give them the best chance of success. Finally, he tries his best to keep predators from devouring or destroying his crop as it matures so it will yield a great bounty in its time. None of this happens automatically, of course. Good gardeners keep to a strict schedule of sustaining what's been invested. As we garden our own hearts and lives, we have a responsibility to make sure the soil from which our crops are produced is healthy and sustainable enough for growth. We as Christians can fertilize our own soil with a daily application of God's holy word. We can't help others grow if we aren't growing ourselves. We will need a shovel to dig deep, confessing what's wrong in our own lives, and accepting the grace and redemption only Jesus Christ can provide. A hand pruner will be useful as necessary changes occur in our own lives while praying for real change and in the lives of others. God is really the only one who does the actual pruning, but we do need to yield to what He's doing by complying with the occasionally agonizing process. Finally, a rake will be required to sweep away what's undesirable and worthless. Pick up your rake. We can't afford to let the refuse of our lives accumulate, crowd out the crop, and take up valuable space. By letting go of past misdeeds and mistakes, we're better able to move forward and be of optimum use to God when all the old debris is swept away. Once our soil is shipshape, the refuse is cast aside and we are actively blooming and growing under the Holy Spirit's care. A variety of seeds can be planted in the soils of others. 
using our own tools, the light of our precious Son and the living water of the Holy Spirit, we can plant seeds of truth in the parched soil of the brokenhearted. We can plant seeds of encouragement in the lives of others who struggle with addiction. We can plant seeds of hope in those who are chronically or terminally ill. We can plant seeds of joy in the lives of those who struggle as we show them how to overcome any excruciatingly difficult circumstance and hang on to Jesus. A while back, I was out in my own California yard harvesting oranges. Despite our drought conditions, we were enjoying a bumper crop. As the sun peeked through the rain clouds, the Lord spoke to me through what I call an activity parable. He instructed me to nurture and harvest in my own backyard. He showed me that my community service is part of His plan for my gifts as an encourager and a lover of all of God's people. And the keys to kingdom living are enrich your soil so you can get your hands dirty next door. And the doorpost is still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown. Matthew thirteen eight. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.